You know, one of the most challenging things that face travelers is the ability to stay healthy while you do this crazy bohemian lifestyle. Ask any businessman or businesswoman who travels for a living. It is incredibly difficult to maintain good health while you're on the road. So today, I'm going to do my best to try to give you some tips and some just some things to think about, which is, I think, one of the most important things that you can do for yourself. If you want to be a traveler for a long time, you want to stay healthy, you want to be around for a while, you got to stay in shape on the road. We're going to talk about that on this week's edition of Travel Evolved. It's Travel Evolved. I am Mark Holloway. Welcome to the episode, everybody. It is uh, going to be a fun one. I, you know, I feel like I've done this episode a thousand times. We've, we've, I've had other different social media that I've done this episode on. Um, you know, first and foremost, I'm not a, I, am, I have no credentials on, on health or wellness at all. Um, I'm old. I'm older than people tend to think I am sometimes because... Um, I do the best I can to, to try to, to take care of myself, but I've learned over 35 years of really focusing on what primarily I eat and, and how to get some exercise in to, I guess, stave off age and, and pain and bad digestion and all that kind of stuff. So I want to talk a little about what I think today is a really important thing that I know it's not about numbers. I know it's not about margins and things that you that's agency side specific. But this is another one of those episodes that I hope it gets you thinking. I hope I can change somebody's overall health and physical fitness out there that that maybe is struggling with it. That's maybe said I really want to, and maybe this is motivating one person. Like I've always said, if one person changes and gets healthy and adds years to their life, then that's a victory for me. But I want to talk about what I think is just it's unfortunately listen. We, Healthcare is an industry, like it or not, that tends to be overlooked when it comes to your own personal health. You guys are phenomenal at taking care of other people, but let's be honest, many of you really, I guess, shortchange yourself when it comes to your own personal health. And when you start traveling, it really exacerbates that. It really extenuates the fact that you aren't, you, you take even less time. To, to take care of your own body and, and what you're eating and any kind of exercise you may or may not be able to do. And it just absolutely affects every aspect of being a, an, an amazingly good travel evolved traveler because you are now, you're tired, you're sluggish, you've got health issues, you've got pain, you've got GI issues that you know maybe you didn't have before. It's, it just, it's, it's, a, it's just a cycle of downward health. <laughs> so 
like I said, I wanted I, this is an episode. This is one of those ones that I, I put in there because it's not. It doesn't really fall along the whole list of things that we are kind of talking about. But I believe it's part of the deal. It's part of being a traveler, and I think to not address it, which nobody wants to, not to talk about it, not to openly say, "Hey, you've got to really focus on this because you are traveling, and it's going to." It is, it, I, in my opinion, it has to be something you have to consciously be working on and checking. Some of you do an amazing job of this, and you and you already have this, and, and you certainly can chime in, put some comments below, some things that, that I'm saying that maybe you disagree with or some things that you agree with or maybe you can add to. I, I'd love that kind of uh, comment down below. If you have some things that you think would be helpful when it comes to, I don't care if it's meal prepping or what you've found to keep you energized and to keep you from making bad decisions, but we're going to talk about that today. We're also going to talk a little bit about beginning the story that I've been kind of promising uh, folks for a while. It's time. Um, we're going to start talking about what it is that that we're doing and how, like I always said, to start a company out. It's been over two years, two two and a quarter years since um, I formed what I what I what I wanted to do, and I just think it'd be kind of fun, like I said, to, to take you guys along that ride. What it's like to, to form. Many of you have reached out. There are people out there that watch us and listen to us that are trying to figure out if they want to start their own agency or they're a part of an agency. I, and I don't mind that. I think there's enough business to go around, which is maybe a little bit unusual to hear. But I believe that. I think that there's if there, there's, there's room for good agencies. Trust me. <laughs> there's room for good agencies and good people that run them. And, and for those of you that have called me and contacted me, you guys know who you are. And I worry that sometimes, you know, the intentions are great, but this industry does have a tendency to suck you in and, and change your vision of what you want to be. It's almost like a politician that wants to do great for himself and herself and really help their community, and 30 years later, they've helped themselves. It just it, It's just one of those weird things that happens to people, let alone our industry. So we're going to talk about that. But I am excited about bringing you along this journey, and it's time to start telling that story. So I'm going to get a little bit of some background details in it tonight, but let's talk about staying in shape on the road. First and foremost, this is hard. Uh, this is not, I don't take this lightly. This is not a silly light episode in my opinion. It's an incredibly important episode. Staying in shape on the road, no matter what your profession is, if you're traveling all the time, or in your case, if you're constantly gone and you're working out of a, an Airbnb, a hotel, an RV, an, an apartment that you've rented, it is going to be more difficult to be healthy than it would be if you were living at home and had the luxury of having, you know, the, the ability to be able to stock your your cabinets and your shelves with good food and have good good exercise and, and health options around you. That's just the fact. I, I have listen. I traveled when I first got in this industry, and, and you'll hear about this. I traveled a lot for a couple, two, three years in the industry. So I was literally on the road almost every week. Every other week, I think, if I remember correctly, it's been a long time. But I think I was at the home office for a week for, this is like three years of my career, relatively early on, and I was gone for a week. So like every other week, I was gone to a different city. It got to the point where I literally would wake up in a hotel, and my company tended to put me in the same brand of hotel. So it, they all looked the same. And I literally look out the window and go, where, where am I? It got the, I know it sounds weird, but I got to that point where, you know, 18 months into this, literally every other week, I really would forget where I was when I first would wake up. And it'd take me a second to figure out, oh, I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, I'm in Miami, Florida. Sometimes you could tell by the by the scenery. Sometimes you really couldn't tell. So I, I know how hard it is to, 
in my case especially, live out of a hotel, have very limited options, didn't have a fridge, didn't have any kind of options, uh, basically had to rely upon hotel food uh, on expense account, and had to try to somehow stay in relatively good health with limited food options, but oftentimes very good exercise options. So, you know, you kind of balance that. So I get it. I have very, very good friends that travel with me, and we discuss this openly, how hard it is for them to make good good meal choices. You're going out to a restaurant, or you're, you're you know, in your case, you're, you're, you're heading someplace on the way home, or maybe you're going to go out with, with, the, with the gang from the, the unit, and they're going here, and it's a, it's a one-night unique treat for them. But for you, it's like, I just did this last night or did it the night before. And it's that constant difficulty of always having to make concessions and make good decisions. So I wanted to say first and foremost, I know how hard this is. I know personally how hard this is. I have many, many friends that know how hard it is to be able to somehow figure out how to do this. When you guys are doing this, many of you, all the time. Literally from one assignment to the other to the other. You rarely ever take a break. And when you do take a break, I doubt you have enough time to get healthy all of a sudden. So this is something you have to totally focus and concentrate on. It is a struggle. And it's a struggle, as they say, the struggle is real. Because it really, really, really is. You guys do an amazing job of taking care of other people. I think that's part of it. And something that we should at least openly, I should at least address with you guys. Is that your own personal health tends to fade. Because you're hyper-focused on your patients, and the community that you're serving, and, and the hospital that you're, that you're working for at the time. And it's just very common to make some shortcuts with, especially in my opinion, your diet, and certainly with the time that you feel you have to be able to exercise or do something that's going to help you stay in shape. I, I, just, I just think that's the case. You're burnout, you're tired, sometimes you're picking up a four shift or maybe you're perking up some overtime if you're uh, working ally and you've got you know an opportunity to get some OT in there. So what are you going to do? You're going to work OT, you're going to go to the gym or you're going to you know, do some yoga or you're going to go you know ride a bike. No, you're going to go work. And when you're done working, you're tired. You've, you've had a 12-hour shift for many of you or you're on your, your, you know, your seventh, eight-hour shift if, you, if you're you know, doing some block scheduling and you just want to go home and eat something fast and call it a day, call it a night. So all of this stuff tends to lend itself to being in a situation where you guys, you shortcut yourself. You just do, right? Most of you do, or many of you do. You tell me about it all the time, and we've, we've openly talked about it. And some of you have made a lot of good efforts on saying, hey, here's, here's what I'm going to do to change my, my situation. Now, listen, what I would tell you guys to do is get that stuff out there. You know, I mean, if, you, if you're really into health and nutrition and you're a traveler, I would love to see, if there aren't already, I would love to see a YouTube channel or something that would uh, that a traveler can help another traveler to, with some great tips that I can't offer. Again, another better perspective, in my opinion, than mine. Some great tips of what you have found personally to help you with staying in shape on the road, and, and whether it's we're talking diet, or whether we're talking exercise, or both, hopefully. Um, I'd love to see that. So if you have that, Put those comments down below. Put a link below my, my webpage. My people will not take that down. They want to make sure that they're going to promote good, healthy uh, a community, especially if it's coming from a traveler, for sure. So, number one, the thing I want to focus mostly on today is I believe wholeheartedly, I don't know what the percentage is, but in my mind, it's a high, high percentage of what I'm talking about is nutrition. I'm not talking about having to go lift weights and hit the gym or having to you know go out and pick up and start you know running you know five miles a day or, or 
buying a bike and deciding you're going to go ride in the cold if you're not in a good climate. That's important, in my opinion, but I really will tell you guys, I believe that what you eat, how you eat, how often you eat is 10 times more important than getting exercise. I do think as we get older that keeping our bodies limber, having, you know, making sure your legs are strong, that you're not, you know, one of these people that look like you're 20 years older than you are because you're you're hobbling around because you don't exercise. That's something I never want to be. And I hope that you guys, if you're seeing that yourself, stiffness in the morning, that you're like, ah, it's time for me to start doing something. That's great. But what I really want to focus again on this is is about food. And I think it's one of the most important things because you know, you hear people make cliches like, you know, abs are built in the kitchen. That's true, by the way. We all have abdominal muscles. How big they are has to do with how much you work them. But being able to see them has a lot to do with the fat layer that's over your abs. Everybody has abs. People are like, how do I get big abs? Well, here's a good idea. Cut the fat layer between in your, in your, in your belly. Cut the belly fat out. And wow, lo and behold, there they are. All of a sudden, they miraculously show up because you've reduced that fat layer. So it's unhealthy, first of all. Forget about what it looks like. Uh, that's, that's, I think for most of us, that's less important. It's the fact that you don't want to carry that extra weight around. And having especially you know, mid-body fat is, an, is, is the first place that most of it shows up with your male or female. And that's a tough place to have it be. It's an unhealthy place. If you're a cardiologist or you know one, they'll tell you exactly what I'm saying. And you guys, we all know this. We all know that eating badly and making those kind of decisions is bad for us. It's like it's like the smoker who says, I know, living in denial, I'm going to smoke, but you know, I know it's going to kill me eventually, but right now the cigarette, I really need it. It's not any different for curbing that craving that you have or that just convenience that you have to eat something. But I'm telling you from experience Changing your diet and changing what you put in your body will have a very, very quick and positive effect on how you feel. It's, it is incredible. And I, I say this all the time. The older I get, sometimes the better I'm feeling because I'm learning more. I'm self-educating. I'm not going to go into a lot of things I've learned. I really try to listen to a lot of people that look better than I do and people that are smarter than I am and listen to what they're saying and go, well, I'm going to try that. And when I find something that really works effectively for me, I stick with that. Things that don't really work or I don't like the way it makes me feel, I, I move away. So for, like I said, about 35 years, I've really focused on trying to eat clean. And I will tell you from the colonoscopy I had, not to get too personal, a couple, you know, a couple of, what, a year ago, uh, the doctor stopped and, and congratulated me. <laughs> As he was chewing out the 18-year-old kid for eating spicy foods and telling him he's got to watch what he eats, he stopped and said, I won't tell you what he said because it was actually really funny and it's, it's inappropriate. But it was a compliment saying, hey, I can tell you take care of what you put in your body and it's helping you. It shows and it's going to make you healthier for longer. It just does. It, you can't argue with that. It is a, it's a fact. And eating badly is going to hurt you. But we all do it. I do it too. I'm not sitting up here on a high horse saying that I don't ever make bad decisions. Of course I make bad decisions. I just try to have them be as infrequent as possible. And I do believe that as time's going by, I'm making them less and less because I don't like the way it makes me feel. Whether we're talking about sugar or alcohol and those kinds of things, none of that stuff, I don't believe, uh, it, well, it isn't good for you. And it, it definitely, if you, if, you can, if you cut those out and you have them, it instantly makes you feel terrible, which tells you how good for, the, how good for you can those things be. So, Let's talk about when you eat. 
First and foremost, as anybody will tell you, I don't care if you're working days or nights, you really shouldn't eat a whole a big, big, heavy meal and then go to sleep. It's just not good for you. If you have, if you, if you need to go to sleep, try to have something that's just gonna, you know, get you by. Get a, eat up, eat up superfood. Drink a superfood shake or have a, have a shake up some protein or have something really light, just to help you get to sleep. And then if you want to, when you wake up, have a bigger meal once you're awake up. Get up, have your cup of coffee. You know, have one. I don't believe in drinking a lot of that. Have your cup of coffee and then have a larger meal after you wake up because you're going to be your body's going to be active and it's going to burn those calories instead of just putting them in there and then going to sleep it's just it's anybody will tell you before dinner it's not a very good idea um obviously <laughs> how much you eat i think is really important and i'll say this and again please don't mistake this episode for me trying to tell you something that most of us don't know i just want to mention things that we all know and i hope that they they come across as being sincere and that I want you to take this episode and start to do some research on your own and find out what works well for you because I don't believe that all of us are in a cookie cutter type uh, plan that's going to work great for all of our bodies. Everyone has to figure out what works for them and once you do figure it out, man, stick with it. So one thing I will say, I think Americans, we eat too much food. We just get, we just got to eat less. You don't have to have that big of servings. You don't have to snack all the time. Your body will tell you, and eventually, if you start to slow down the amount of food you're putting in, you're going to realize you actually need less and less. I do think as we get older, we need less and less. I personally, my, this is just an opinion of mine. I believe in more protein and certainly less carbohydrates, even good carbohydrates. I think our bodies need that. As we get older, our muscles don't work as well. That they, they crave that protein, and we don't give it to them. Sometimes we actually go down in the proteins that we eat. Oh, I'm just going to eat a salad. I'm just going to have you know, this, and I'm not going to have that, that piece of chicken. No, I think personally, I believe it's the opposite, where you should start to increase your proteins and reduce the other. But that's just an opinion of mine, as always. So take it for what it's worth. But I do believe that we have to start eating less food. You just we just got to stop eating so much. You will find very quickly that, you know, if you s- slow down your meal, you're also going to realize, oh, I almost finished that, and now I'm actually kind of full. And you're worried, well, I may have to, I may eat later and make it better. No, you won't. If you you'll you'll learn that once you start to to be able to go to sleep without having to put something in your stomach right before you go to bed, especially something bad, that will go away in about 30 days, and you won't need that. So. How much you eat, I think, is so, so important. We just, as a society, as a country, I mean, everyone knows this. Americans need to eat less. We eat more than most other cultures, more other countries, more than other countries do in our world, and it shows. Um, so I think it would all do well to help ourselves by eating less. And if the last couple of years and, and some of the struggles that um, many people had by, by carrying a little extra weight around them, uh, it doesn't tell you that it should. We've got to start to become a little bit thinner, carry around less body fat, and carry around a little bit more lean muscle, which does help you burn calories. We'll talk about that here in a minute. That stuff's important. And then obviously, what you eat. To me, that's the big key. I don't know how to, I don't know how to do this in an episode. And I don't need to tell you guys. First of all, I'm not a nutritionist. I've had some experts on, and I will continue to have people on. But the fact is that, first and foremost, I will tell you, I believe wholeheartedly that we we have you should cut out all, not just cut down, cut out all processed sugars. If you can get rid of sugar, listen, 
Cancer loves sugar. We know that. Everyone knows that, especially people that are in the cancer world. It is not good to have a whole bunch of sugar. It causes diabetes. I don't care if we're talking fructose or we're talking processed sugar especially. That's, that stuff has got to go away from your diet. You can't sit there and eat a bunch of Reese's Pieces or M&Ms at night. You can't have sugary cereal. You can't, I mean, you get to a point where you want, you're, if you're going to cut out sugar, don't put sugar in your coffee. And I'm telling you, from a sugar guy who I was just a few years ago, it is game changing your skin looks better it doesn't age as much you you're it's not as it's more tight and you just feel better and those numbers that your doctor doesn't like seeing when it comes to your sugar you know level you're going to be very happy when they go down and obviously as we age and get older that is something you have to really be careful if you don't want to go into pre-diabetes or diabetes and i understand that is one of the, that is a tough one i can speak from experience it's a tough one to cut out you can be in great shape and you can have you know, low body fat, but if you're throwing that many calories in and it's the sugar calories, eventually your doctor's going to tell you to slow down it. It's not going to like it. and You're going to have to get on some things and do some things that you're not going to like. So cut it out now. It's not as hard as you think. I speak from experience on that one. Clearly bad carbohydrates, the chips, all that stuff. Again, I'm not going to do an episode on what you guys should and shouldn't eat because I'm not an expert and you guys all know I knew. So you've got to get rid of that stuff. Stop going and getting fast food. Stop eating fried foods. Don't have French fries when you get a sandwich somewhere. Grab a salad instead. It's actually going to fill you up more. It's going to taste better. And you're not going to feel so yucky. I will speak from experience on this one. Cutting out all fried foods and fatty foods, ice cream, things that are just, you know, it's cakes and desserts and stuff like that. That's one of the things in the areas that, in my opinion, will instantly show up and you'll say, you know what? I'm talking a couple of weeks. I feel better. I feel better. Your body's going to not be so tired in the morning, so sore in the morning, so swollen, so, um, what's the word everyone loves to use now? Uh, I can't even think of it. Inflamed. You got inflammation. That's a big key, you know, big word now. It's, we've always had it. It will instantly feel better. You may not look like you're losing weight. Who cares? You're going to feel better right away, cutting out that sort of thing. Fried foods. Listen, the GI stuff that stuff does to you, <laughs> if you cut out foods like that and you have them, you will instantly realize why you wanted to cut those foods out right away. It's the same thing with alcohol, man. I mean, it, take out fried foods for yourself for a year and then go have an order of onion rings and you will not feel good for days because then you sit there and go, man, if that makes me feel that bad, if I'm constantly putting that body, my body's getting used to that sort of thing. Holy cow, what what do I look like on the inside? What is that doing? You're, you're just killing yourself from the inside out. And I think we, we have to stop it. So, God, this just sounds like I'm preaching. And it sounds like I'm sitting up here like I, whatever. This, listen, this has been a 35-year journey for me, a 35-year struggle for me on a lot of things. You know, I'm not going to tell you what I like and what I don't like. It's, But we all like foods that taste good, right? We all like to eat. And you're going to find I'm telling you, as you reduce and cut these things out, you don't miss them, and you're not going to miss them, and you're going to feel better, and you're start to look better. But you're certainly, the first thing is you're going to feel better. Forget about the, you know, as we get older, that doesn't matter. But the, what what becomes most important to all of us, I mean, ask Steve Jobs. One of the last things he was saying was, basically, he said, "I have all this money, I have all this great things I've done, and I I'm 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 sick, and I can't, I don't have my health, and that's." In the end, that's what gets us all. And so if you can stave that off, 
when it comes that time for you, you can say, wow, I probably gave myself 20 years, 30 years, 10 years, five years, whatever it is, I was able to add more time because I, I made some good decisions and you guys will find you just don't miss it. You really won't. So cut out the high fat foods, cut out the bad carbohydrates, the greasy foods. And I'm telling you, please do, do yourself a favor. Try cutting out sugars, cold turkey like that. Switch to a sugar substitute if you have to and just cut out the sugar, go sugar free or don't have it at all. It'll be hard. Two weeks later, you're gonna feel like a million bucks. I don't. I, I keep catching myself in this episode, basically saying, "God, you sound like you're trying to be some health expert, and you're not, Mark." And, and I'm not. Here's what I am. I am a guy that's been in this industry for 22 years. I have met thousands, literally thousands, of healthcare travelers, and I I care about you guys, and I think you do about each other as well. And it just is. It's rampant in our industry. I've just seen it, and I want people to start saying I want to take better care of myself because you just you have to trust me on this if you don't already know this you will feel better quickly and it's hopefully a catalyst to having you say let's what else can I do with this what else can I where else can I take this can I take this to a whole different level and I've seen people that do that so I hope this is maybe one little cog in your decision to start getting healthy but that's what I'm trying to accomplish in this episode I am not trying to be an expert. I'm not, you know, I, I want, I've had experts on before, and like I said, I will again. But I really do care about you guys. And I, unfortunately, I see this is one of those, one of the other reasons I said this had to be done was because I just wanted to bring attention out. It's no different than some of the other episodes we do that's like, hey, I just want you to get you started and get you thinking. This is the same kind of thing. So, anyway, enough about food, but that's really what most of it was really about. Eating clean. Eating clean. It, it just solves it solves so many problems. It takes away a lot of problems. Drinking a lot of water and substituting water. You know that sometimes when you're hungry before you go to bed, the fact is you're actually thirsty. If you have hunger pangs and I don't care. Listen, I'll tell you what my thing was. Not more than five years ago, one of the bad things that I would do, I would I would do really well all day and I would even fast, which I haven't talked about just yet. And I would do all these great things. And then 10 o'clock at night, you know, I had younger kids, and thank goodness the last one's going to be on the house. So now my house can have no temptations in it, if that makes sense. I'd go over and like, oh, there's a there's a bowl of Lucky Charms. hope I'm not giving them a plug. And I'm like, you know, I'll just have a little bowl of that. You know, it's got grains and sugar and bad carbs. And I would have a bowl of cereal because it made me feel good. And I'd go to sleep, I'd go to sleep and go, oh, here we go. I'm going to sleep now. And I'd, not every night, but often. And I'm like, that's that had to stop because... You wake up and you start having that that swelling, and you just you you just needed to. When I stopped doing that many years ago, I noticed like that last ten percent of where I wanted to be as far as being a leaner all of a sudden happened, and it was just a, a last little thing I just couldn't kick. So this is experience. This is me personally. And it's just my experience that. As you continue on this journey, if hopefully what will happen to you is that you start saying, well, what else can I do? What else can I do with my with my food plan that might even be better for me? And as we get older, what do I now need to change? For me, I have found that it is more higher intake of protein that helps me to try to maintain some kind of uh, God, muscle level, which is not easy as you get older. 
to be able to, to you know, because I think that's important so that it helps you burn, you know, resting, you know, having, having more muscle, less fat does help you to keep fat off. And it's, it's a, it just burns fat while you're resting. So how do I do that? Well, maybe if I got rid of some of the, the last few things that I'm eating, that might help it to become a little bit, you know, might make things a little easier. And lo and behold, it did. So I threw a couple things out there. And one of them was fasting. Uh, I want to talk about this a little bit because for me, I found that fasting, um, first of all, I said there's no way I could do it. I was under the impression that I, you know, I just have to have, I'll do little things, little healthy things all day long. And that did work for me for a while. So there's no way because of the way I eat and what's works for me that I'm going to be able to go, you know, I don't care if we're talking 18 hours, even 12 hours, certainly not 36 or 48 hours, which I've done um, many times. There was no way I thought I could even go 12 hours without having to have something, certainly not 18 hours. And lo and behold, I was able to do it. And it's like, wow, what was remarkable to me is as I was getting toward the end of the period of time that I wanted, that I was saying I was fasting for, I started feeling better and better to the point where it was like almost time to have, you know, to go ahead and, and increase that blood sugar. And I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm going to. I'm going to go another six hours. Or maybe I can go to sleep again tonight. And that's how I got some of those longer fasts going. It's weird. For those of you who haven't tried fasting, try it. it. It If you're like me, it will make it so I started feeling better. And like the next day, instead of being famished and hungry and making bad decisions, I wasn't. And I'm, I don't. I actually feel really bad, really good. So when I have like a... Oh, gosh, a couple weeks ago, I went out to dinner with some friends, and we ate a bigger meal than I normally did. I did have a couple bites of dessert because it was one of those shared things passed around. I'm like, okay. Had a couple spoonfuls, and I'm like, ah. So the next day, I said, you know what? Fasting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to knock out some of this, and, and it does help you lose some weight quickly. It helps you lose some of that inflammation quickly. But for me, whenever I do make a bad decision like that, or, or I guess not forced, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, listen, I didn't have to have the, the bite of dessert. So let's let's be frank. When I do something like that, I find it's a really quick fix to help reverse whatever it was fast. And you know, again, talk to your doctor, or consult someone. Don't just start stop eating. Learn about this stuff. Don't just take what I'm telling you and just start doing it. Fasting, I think, is one of those things. It is very scientific. There are certain ways to do it properly. You don't want to do it all the time. You don't want to have too much of a schedule. And you do want to start to change and start to increase the amount of times you're fasting. And you will see weight drop off and you will see health increase and you will start to feel better immediately so research that and and go find somebody and talk to your doctor about facts fasting and find out the proper way to do it because there is an absolute proper way to do it there's also a proper way to break that fast um, without you know going crazy and it actually will it makes a huge difference on how it is that you actually break that and come out of that fast I'll just tell you, you don't you just eat a little something, a little high protein something, and then give it a couple hours, and then then you can go back and you'll find you're not gonna, yeah, I guess go nuts for lack of better reason. So, let's talk about exercise for a little bit. Then we're gonna talk about, uh, I guess, the story, so to speak. So, exercise for me, um, I think it's an important aspect. I think that uh, I know people that eat really well, and they don't exercise. They they feel good. They are um, they look good. But eventually, adding that exercise in is, to me, takes that whole thing up another level. It's a whole different notch of, of health. And like I just said a few minutes ago, having a little bit of, of muscle on your body 
as opposed to just being thin, which is fine, having a little bit of muscle does, in fact, burn some of that fat. It helps you to keep, to maintain and keep that, that mid-belly fat off that is so unhealthy and so dangerous for so many of us. Having some muscle helps that. So you don't have to go out and you know go crazy, but there are things you can do. Most of you guys have the ability to get a, a you have Listen, you're making a ton of money. Go, go get a good bike. If you're taking assignments that have that the weather permits, get out there on your days off. Go for a ride. I mean, there's so many different wonderful things that come from that. You get to know the town. You get to see things you wouldn't have seen if you were just you know in your in your Airbnb or wherever you're staying, or you're driving around your car. It's gonna it's gonna improve, in my opinion, the overall quality of the assignment. Not to mention, once you buy that bike, there's a little bit of maintenance. You might have to you know get a hitch for sure, or not thing to put on your hitch. I should say to carry it around. But you're going to have that. It's an inexpensive, very long, uh, rewarded, <laughs> rewarding uh, piece of equipment that you can get that's going to make a big difference. You can buy some little weights. I always, I've talked before about I've got a number of sets of adjustable weights. I don't, I'm not going to give the, there's a whole bunch of different brands you can buy where they take up a very small amount of space. But you can have anything from literally five pounds up to 50 or even 150, which is some sets I have, of dumbbells. And there's amazing things you can do. We can do about anything with a set of dumbbells. There's an exercise that, would, that will exercise your arms, your shoulders, your legs, your back, your chest, your abs, all with dumbbells. And sometimes you don't even need a, any kind of a bench. You can do it on a table. You can do it on the ground. You can do it standing up, sitting in a chair. A really affordable way to basically start to put some little bit of muscle on. If you want to go a little bit more extreme, there certainly are streaming services where you can, you know, buy those kind of things and you can, you know, get programs from experts that will help you and get into kind of whatever kind of shape you want to get, whether you want to be toned or, or become lean or lose fat or have a healthier heart. All these things kind of help. And there's different programs that you can find online for very, very affordable rates that will help you do that. You can also join a gym. Now you're saying, well, how can I do that? Well, there are gyms nowadays that are pretty common. I'm not going to give them plugs either, but research them. Where's the locations of these gyms? Are these places that I tend to go to? You may have to drive 15, 20 minutes in some assignments. It may be right next door in their assignments, but there are gym memberships you can get that have multiple locations. There are also gym memberships that you can get that allow you to do month by month. They might be slightly more expensive, but you can go and research that town. All right, here's a gym. I do it out here. I have a gym I join here, and I have a gym back in Denver. So depending on where I'm at, I've got a very affordable gym that I go to that isn't, t you know, and they're two different ones. Um, I like the one in Denver better than the one out here, but if this one's five minutes away. So I go there, you know, a couple times a day because it's convenient. Because I know it's like literally five minutes. So I know that the convenience factor for me is important because I don't have a lot of time. So I'm going to choose a gym that's close as opposed to maybe a better one that's, you know, 20 minutes away because I won't go there as much. So... Do you think about those kinds of things? Having some kind of physical fitness, and I do believe it's important. I love seeing the people in their 70s and 80s in a gym because I, I I hope that's me. And again, they're just staying mobile. They're staying flexible. They're making sure that they're just not going dormant. That the, their legs and their glutes and all their different kinds of muscles are going to help them stay younger and not get stiff, and and they are going to be mobile longer. All of this stuff becomes more and more important to us as we get older. And I'm just telling you, it's, it'll be important now. Even if you're just going for a walk and you're doing that repeatedly, again, weather permitting, you can walk in the wintertime too. And you can walk if it's rainy. You can walk if it's cold. There's all kinds of different things you can do. Those, I mean, going on walks and hikes is a free, easy way to stay in shape. And listen, I, I know people 
uh, that that's all they do. I just walk all the time. And they, it does. You get your body going. You can, you get me moving, and it helps you get. So, you know, it's a, it's actually sometimes people. Some people believe that a good brisk walk is better heart wise than a, than a than a run, which is I, you know, I can't disagree with that. So at any rate, guys, staying in shape on the road. I, I again, I, I flew through that because I just wanted you to get just a taste of hopefully what will get you inspired to do something. I'm not that inspirational, but I hope that you've already been thinking about it. And maybe today I gave you a couple of things that might help you to go, okay, I could probably do that. Do it. It's just as important as taking your pet along with you. The overall quality of your life can be vastly improved by just adding some really good nutrition to your diet and taking out the garbage that so many of us eat, replacing it with good, healthy stuff, do some meal prepping. Take some things to the to the facility. Put it in the fridge. That's going to stop you from going down to the cafeteria. You know, replace a meal with a protein shake or a superfood shake if you know what that is. You know, these shakes that are, have all the, the great ingredients in them. Research them. Make sure you're not getting taken by something that doesn't have. Make sure it doesn't have a lot of sugar in it. Make sure it doesn't have a lot of carbs in it. Or you know, replace a meal. A lot of you guys don't even. You t- I don't get breaks. Well, grab a shake. You can shake it up, and you're allowed to leave that in the break room and keep going back and hitting that as you're walking between rooms if you're able to do that sort of thing. Or you know, if you're in the imaging department, you know, there's places and ways you can get by. And it'll actually keep you from going and making that cheeseburger decision at the cafeteria because it's fast and it's easy and it looks good and it smells good. So you don't even go down there, right? So, all right. I had an epiphany about two and a half years ago. For those of you that know me, I've been in this industry for a long time. And a lot of people think they know me. And a lot of people want to talk about, <laughs> very, very ignorantly about me. And that's just the way it is. When you put yourself out there and you do these kinds of things, you're you, a target. I get it. I'm fine with it. But about two and a half years ago, after being in this industry for, for 20, almost 20 years at that point, I was very, very disenchanted with the industry. I felt like I was fighting a losing battle. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on it today. I'm going to, I'll tell you a little bit more as we go by in the next few weeks. But I want you to know that the ride I want to take you guys on, I'm having a blast. I didn't know I'd have this much fun. I, I thought I would have fun, but for the first time in the history of my career in healthcare staffing, I'm really having fun because I'm able to make a difference in a lot of travelers' lives. And those of you that are out there that know me right now, whether you're working with me or not, you guys know what I'm talking about, and you've said it, and I love all of you, and I appreciate the feedback and what it's done because it means a lot. It means a lot to me because you never really know if you're if what you're creating, what you're doing makes sense. But I did have this epiphany, and I'll explain it a little in a few weeks, but it, 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 it hit me like a lead pipe across the face and I went oh my gosh what have we been doing in this industry for this long why are we still doing things the way that we're doing so here's what I'm going to tell you the industry is going to change and it's not just me and it's not just my epiphany I'm not the only one that has epiphanies but things really really came together in all cycles like I felt like my whole entire life not only just career here had led itself up to this moment where it all came together I mean I I've never had that kind of experience in my lifetime. I don't think I'll ever have it again. It was literally everything made sense. And it was all about this industry and how things can evolve, which is why I named this podcast Travel Evolved, by the way. I wanted to say, how do we evolve 
what I felt was a dinosaur stagnant industry. How do we make this better? And I wanted to make it better, by the way, and here's the drum roll, for the traveler, which nobody seems to be that interested in. They want to... Hostels aren't interested in making it better for the traveler. Let's just be frank. They don't care. They want to make it better for them, and they'll use a traveler if they have to. But to spend that money, I'll use a traveler because I have no choice because I can't find anybody permanently, and there's nobody per diem in this town. So I'm, I'm, I'll bite the bullet and pay the big the big bill rate and bring out a traveler if we absolutely have to. Okay. Vendors love travelers because they're the liaison between us and the facility, and they make you know five to seven percent of that bill rate. So I think they're they're fine, but they don't really have any kind of a motivating, driving force to make life better for the traveler. They don't really care. They don't really care about making the industry, and that's not a stab against them. It's just the facts. It has no bearing on them. They are they serve the facility and the agency as a communication liaison primarily, and a little bit of a rules um, garter, if you will, or or a rules enforcer on credentialing and. Insurance requirements, Jake Joint Commission requirements, anything like that. They're, that's that's what they do. But the, for the most part, they're not. In, they're not, they don't have any skin in the game. They don't care if an agency makes money. They don't care if a hospital makes money. They don't care if a, if a traveler makes money. They're they're going to make their percentage, and it's fine. And it's just the way. And it's not their fault. Just the way that is. Agencies. I mean, I want to be fair here. We know agencies want to make money, so that's fair. And they want to make as much as they possibly can. That's also a fair statement to say. I think most agencies are sensitive to the fact that they want to travel to make money because they realize that they're if they aren't making money, they're not going to choose them as an agency. I hope that came across right. But I don't believe that most agencies really have a complete vested interest in a traveler making money. It's not, they don't look at it that way. They look at it as, we have to pay a traveler a certain amount. How much can we get away with not paying them before they switch and go take the same job with another company? I think that's kind of their game. I mean, I know it's, I think, I know it's kind of the game. That's not to say that travel agencies don't want travelers to make money. So don't confuse what I'm saying. It's just, it's just not part of the model they're looking at. I mean, a recruiter is happy, I think, when you get a, a high pay rate. I think that's that's true because they know you're going to be happy with the assignment. They're going to probably you're going to you're going to you're going to project that high pay rate back to them and their company, thinking that you're getting it because they're good. So they like that. So I don't think I think recruiters do in fact want you to make money because it means more retention for them, if that makes sense. But. Like I've always said, again, I'm, I hate to be you know the, the negative Nancy on this, but again, they're 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 doing that all motivating so that you stay with them and they continue to make commission, because that's how they make a living. Just like how you guys make a living is making good decisions on the assignments you take, and that they're lucrative and that it's justifiable to the sacrifices that you're making. A recruiter's doing the same thing, so you can't fault them for that. But it's just part of the industry and part of the nature of what it is that we do. There's going to be changes coming. And the changes that I'm seeing and the changes that we're implementing and a couple other you know, areas are implementing similar type of things are, in fact, to help a traveler make, or I guess the end result is a traveler should make, let me qualify that, more money. Now, that's, a, that's eventually. At first, they won't. At first, it's going to be that it's going to be a convenience and an ease of use situation for most 
new changes that are coming. In other words, it's going to be easier for the agency to make money. Your pay will stay the same. It might be more convenient for you and easier for you to find jobs, to be credentialed through jobs, and to be able to compare jobs. All that stuff is happening. But eventually, it is going to push the profits margins down of companies that are eventually going to have to start paying you more because the competition is going to start being there. Hope that makes sense. It will. Here's what I'm going to tell you guys. As we start going into this and as you start seeing these episodes being released, I have documented for the last two and a half years every single week. Every Friday, I've told you guys this, every Friday I sit there with a, an app I have on my phone that records memos and I can sit there and talk to myself, which clearly I have no problem doing for as long as I want. And I, I do about 20 minutes and I summarize the week that we had going back to this epiphany week. That's how long I've been doing this. And they're sitting in a file on, on a PC back in Denver, and I send them back there, and I, I, I sort of put them in, that, in that, that drive every Friday. And I document, here's what w- was happening. And I, I went back and started doing that from this epiphany because I said, i got to put this on. i gotta, I got to document this. And as, it, what's weird about this thing is that the progression of this epiphany, it wasn't like it took six months for it to really come. It all came to me at once, what needed to be done. So that's why I've been so excited because it's working (laughs) and it's working really well and I'm having a blast again. And what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of resistance. You're already seeing it out there. There is resistance to change in our industry. And what's surprising to me is that some of the resistance is actually coming from the traveler who eventually this technology is going to benefit the most. But that's just the way people are. People resist change. I like the way things are right now. I want to keep them the same way. Please don't give any advancements that that may or may not help because I don't want to try them. I remember the first time I got into an Uber. My friends have been talking. My my jet setting friends have been talking about Ubers for like a year, year and a half. I'm like, what are they talking? What is an Uber? And one of my one of one of my really good friends' wives was talking about an Uber. And I'm like, really? She she. She put her credit card in her phone. That's dangerous. And she had some stranger come pick her up. That's dangerous. I mean, I know it seems weird because it's 2022, but this was, what, seven, eight years ago? It wasn't that long ago. And I was like, what is she doing? This is crazy. I can't believe she's she's doing this. And then, like, literally, I was one of the first people I know to try Uber because of, of her. So the next thing I know, I'm, I'm at a hockey tournament with my son, and I didn't rent a car. And I was in Phoenix, and the, 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 the rinks that we were going to primarily was one, one. We were right in the middle of them. So I had about a 20-minute drive, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to try this. It was just getting popular, and lo and behold, I got my first Uber. And I got in a stranger's car, and I had my credit card in an app, and it went so well and so wonderful. And now, how many of you out there have done an Uber or a Lyft or one of those kinds of, of ride services? Everybody has. But if you look back on that, were you resistant? Were you resistant to, you know, to going on and, and putting your information in and, and getting a and, and not getting a cab or a or a, a, a shuttle from the airport? I bet you most of you'd say you probably were. And now it's like second nature. The changes we're gonna see in our industry that are coming aren't a lot different than that. It is things are happening that make sense, that are sustainable, that will change our industry for the better and about time because it's just 
this industry has always said it's it just duplicates itself and we just spin off and we've got five agencies that came from one agency and and they're all the same they're little mini agencies of the agency that they all left because they couldn't stand it so they all formed their own agency and now they're mini versions of what it was that they couldn't stand i mean am i wrong that's what it is these little hubs around the country and you'll see them and i won't name the cities that they're in but there are little hubs on the east coast or the west coast the central part of our country that are all spin-offs of these same companies and nobody is doing anything any different so you're going to see some resistance you're going to see a lot of resistance. You're going to see it certainly from the agency standpoint. People don't want to change because they're making money. And they aren't interested in changing their model in order for a traveler to make more money because they don't care. They're going to be scared. That's a normal also reaction. You guys are going to be scared. That's also a normal reaction. And I'm not trying to hype this up to being something that's not. We're not talking about any kind of major whatever. This is a subtle change that's, a, that's going to help things. And it's not just what I'm thinking. Trust me, there are ideas that I've never even contemplated that people are throwing around out there like, that's probably a great idea. All innovation, eventually, the bad things weed themselves out and the good things are left and they help improve that industry. In our case, travel healthcare, and it's going to happen. But you watch. You're going to see some pretty nasty things on social media. You're going to see some pretty nasty things out there. People will fight and do whatever they can to poo-poo, if you will, any idea that might hurt them. Or if it's strange to them and they're affiliated, they're just, you're just going to see it. So trust me and be ready for it because that's a normal thing to happen. Especially nowadays with social media, you see that all over the place. There's, there's, there's movies about things like, like Lyft and Uber and how they changed some things and how many people really fought for them. And the more successful they became, the, the more... Uh, yucky that that fear and that resistance be, became so we're everyone's ready for that and it's coming but the benefactor like i'm going to tell you guys is going to be travis so starting next week i'm going to start going back i want to tell you a little bit of history about um who i am some of you guys have no idea who i am and that's totally okay you shouldn't um and again i don't want to turn this into a an infomercial or a commercial or an advertising or any kind of plug for what i'm doing i just want to walk you guys through what it's like to start an agency and and how fun, scary. Um, I mean, it's, every day is different, and it's no different than what you guys have. And I think at the end, like I've always said, and I've mentioned this a few times, that I think you're going to have appreciation for what it's like on this side, and that should hopefully help you. It should make things a little bit more easy for you to have some empathy toward every agency and maybe a little bit better understanding as to what it's like to be to be on this side which i think will bring us closer together and we'll all be a little more on the same page so um here we go let's have that trip guys as always i appreciate you so so much thank you guys and i will catch you next week on travel evolved